0: Welcome back! It's Jokerman Podcast. I'm Evan. I'm Ian, and today we're joined. Today's a Jokerman foursome. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, this isn't the most people. It's well, the tide for the most people that we've ever had on the show at one time. So we're gonna we're gonna have to to wrangle everyone here. Uh, we're joined by two other professional podcasters. Uh, great. Uh, Uh, knowers and scholars of the conservative movement uh, uh, over the last (laughs) century. Uh, They're here to discuss conservative artist Bob Dylan. Uh, (laughs) Sam and Matt from uh, Know Your Enemy.
1: Hey, happy to be here. I'm really excited to talk about right-wing religious fanatic Bob Dylan.
2: Fantastic.
3: (laughs) Just to be clear, you're both conservatives, and that's how you identify. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, Bob's uh, Bob's sort of a scion of the conservative movement. That's why we uh, are so attached to him. Beautiful. Well, you have come to the right
0: place because we're, we're, uh, you know, we're big fans of of Bob. uh, uh, I'm not even going to bother making sure about neighborhood bully. Uh, No, I was going to I was going to do this. You know, we'll we'll leave that aside for the time being. Um, Don't touch
3: that dial. If you're if you're concerned that these people are actually going to be uh, espousing right wing views, uh, know that these are two uh, left. Uh, there, I would say you're slightly left of center, um, and <laughs> that you actually uh, are. You spend your time on your podcast, uh, Know Your Enemy, analyzing and uh, knowing the uh, the, the right wing contingency and uh,
0: the titular th- enemy, the,
1: the <laughs> enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh huh. That's correct. <laughs> I I think Sam and I would both call ourselves socialists, and our podcast is dedicated to looking
2: at the right, as you said. So. There you go. Somewhat just, I mean, just a little comedy to get us started. Yeah. Um <laughs> Well but it, you know, I mean uh, you may know this, but uh but Matt actually was a conservative, which will probably right, come that's, up. That's about that's sort his of the legend appreciation of the... for Bob from his uh from his youth. Um uh-huh. So we'll get it. We'll get the perspective of a conservative. So did you him. kind of
0: when you were when you were in that era, Matt, would you, did you kind of like hate Bob Dylan as like the symbol of like lefty 60s counterculture sort of shit? No,
1: no. It was crazy. Even in high school. Uh, it's when I became a big Dylan fan and I just always loved Bob. And uh, even if the politics, first of all, they were elusive enough in some ways. I guess some of the early protest songs, you know, you can. Figure out maybe what the cash out would be in that sure. context, but I never like had a uh, conservative dislike of Bob or or like a skepticism towards him in that sense. And in fact, like his Christian stuff, which we're going to talk about, um, was some of the stuff of his I loved the most, yeah. and I discovered it like at that time too. So it's interesting because so much of it kind of passed the smell test for me as like a true believer, seventeen year old. Fundamentalist Christian <laughs> in central Pennsylvania. <laughs>
3: well, I mean, it's that that tracks because if you go to a Bob Dylan show, there is no real like one type of person there at all. It's not, like yeah, so not just broad. one type
0: of guy. There is okay. a,
3: a, a, an infinite array of people who are interested in Bob Dylan. And, of course, that speaks directly to your experience here, I
1: suppose. Yeah, yeah. Although the first time I saw Bob, he was touring with Phil Lesh. And so it was kind of the deadhead crowd there. Uh, and that yeah. that did that was a surprise to my like eighteen year old self. Like I just didn't know people like that. So <laughs> didn't, you know, didn't know those like, people. The people, existed. the people in the parking lot being like, Hey man, wanna buy a grilled cheese? I gotta make to one more show. You know, yeah. i was just like, ah you know, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> now
2: now he only knows people like that. Now I'm the guy selling the grilled cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh well it's uh it's uh, it's uh you know it's
0: it's that's like the change trilogy that's something we discuss here on the uh, on the podcast the, the, You can't the, expect
3: s- them to know what that. <laughs> well is. that's what
0: I'm going to explain. It's the it's the cycle of songs uh uh things have changed uh uh um, the times they are, the changing. Times they are a- changing and I feel a change coming on from Bob Dylan's yeah. great 2009 album together through life they kind of feed into one another so that uh-huh. that experience uh that that's a example. you're really example. shoehorning <laughs> in the
3: change <laughs> uh, you know you just gotta you gotta you gotta
0: drop the branded stuff uh where you can yeah. uh sam what about you how,
2: how did you uh kind of get get uh, started with bob um yeah much more typical uh passage i uh my parents are like you know boomers who loved bob and i listened to them in, <laughs> in my home <laughs> and uh <laughs> appreciated him. Uh though I mean I think that like this probably a pretty common experience with like you know people who were raised by like middle class liberals where right. they liked certain bob stuff and then <laughs> you know and then I like at some point later in life realized like wow there's all this uh, other it's all really... good. It's all good <laughs> music. First first of all it's all good. Yeah. And then also <laughs> like it's so much weirder than I thought. Yes. And um so yeah, my my, it's it's actually insane. I've been thinking about this listening to some of your guys' episodes too. It's insane how you can keep liking Bob more. Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And this is—I
3: don't know if we've even mentioned what we're talking about today yet, but we're talking about the bootleg series number what number?
0: Thirteen. Lucky 13, number thirteen.
3: Trouble no more. Which I mean, if we're gonna talk about the the mystery that is liking Bob more despite the things he does yeah the ways he is or because of them (laughs) um then this is like uh this is the perfect example because this is the born again uh era in its live glory um not Which only li- live outtakes, rehearsals, studio, yeah.
0: radio spots, this is for the real sickos. Like it is uh, It's actually <laughs> not for
3: sickos, Ian. This is for people who are right, right, right. ready They've... to n- stop being sickos. Right. Good point. <laughs>
0: <laughs> for the people who are uh, keeping track of all the sickos out there. That
3: that cartoon meme of the sicko guy going, yes, yes, this is him having a moment where he, he goes, Why am I why am I outside this window? Creeping on uh, somebody, shouldn't I be thinking about <laughs> my my impact on on the people around me? That's a great point. Shouldn't I be reflecting upon on my life? <laughs> shouldn't I, life? Should I be
2: concerned about my um, the my eternal soul? Yeah, right. And for once? and that
3: the man who who came and died a, a prisoner's death.
2: There you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. You didn't mention him, did you? <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um, so hopefully, by the end of this, we, we all will be reformed. Uh,
0: sickos yeah that's mm-hmm. the idea i know there's at least uh, uh well uh i'm i'm not much of a religious person I, I don't know about uh uh you guys sam and matt but uh tells me that something tells me that neither of you are uh, particularly devout uh oh, um, oh, oh here's where you're wrong I mean. oh, yeah, all right. maybe i'm wrong I, 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 yeah. I, I, that's why
2: you, I'm... you hear about new york <laughs> podcaster socialists and you think they're all, exactly. all the same They're godless godless, uh, yeah. godless yeah. materialists
1: no i am um uh, practicing Catholic.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Hell mm-hmm.
1: yeah. I take it pretty seriously. I mean, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't claim devout. Uh, I'm a, you know, a bad enough person. I wouldn't claim that. Sure. Uh, but I, sh- I wanted to say too, since we're going into the Bob, uh, I mentioned, you know, so I grew up like a fundamentalist Baptist where the end time stuff, which I'm sure we'll get to, mm-hmm. is really, you know, it was a huge part of my religious upbringing. So that kind of stuff, when Bob's like the little, um, you know, sermons before a song or even just the themes of some of these, it really, like I said, when I first listened to it, it really hit home. But yeah, now I'm Catholic. I've had my own religious journey, you might say. Wonderful. But um, one of the things I wanted to say about to like high school era Bob listening was I was really into the bootleg scene Uh and my best friend in high school, Adam, had a huge collection. And so this was like early, like late '90s, early 2000s. Like you would burn the CDs and like share your list with other people. Glory and days. Somehow, somehow he got a copy, a video of the Toronto 1980s stuff. Oh, so incredible. I that was like I think one reason I love this era of Bob so much is not just the albums, which I, I really loved, especially Shot of Love, but I had those Toronto recordings where Bomb was, like, you had...
3: The, on fire. You know, yeah, so just, like, the, the
1: amazing cooking. band, like, Bomb out there dancing sometimes, taking the mic off the mic stand, just dancing, and the black backup singers, the, the gospel singers in the background. It was really, like, quite a scene, and I think seeing those videos early on really, I don't know, just kind of cemented my love for this I era, Bob. I feel like
2: Bob. that's also really helpful for not, like, developing what seemed like for, like, a while, like, the... I don't know if it was the critical consensus or just like the fan consensus that like this was a bad era of Bob. Right. Like I both, feel like
3: uh, more critical, but yeah.
2: Like we're do I-, I mean obviously you guys on your podcast and hopefully on this one too we'll be doing the work of reviving the greatness of the Christian era. But like <laughs> if you had if you had seen that cuz I-, I literally like right before we started recording I was watching the what Can I Do For You from that Toronto oh, mm. that, that, that one's that. beautiful it, it is so gorgeous The harmonica harmonic playing is, is, is pristine It's so amazing
4: What can I do for you
2: yeah, if you saw that, you wouldn't be like, this must have been in a low point for Bob. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it really comes down to
3: ideological stuff, I think. And I, uh-huh. I hope that's what we'll uh, hope to get into on, on this episode of Jokerman as we, uh, I guess, it, now's a good time as any to uh,
0: honk on uh, Bobo. Honked. Um yeah, that's a great uh that's a great point. I think is uh just like kind of the the cultural scene in which this was taking place in um because, you know, it uh it, listening back to this stuff, you know, and and like also we've been super deep into street legal uh, over the last couple months as well. Like oh, wow. I like I feel like the, um, you know, that 78 to 83, like up until Infidel's period, like really has been represented. It's like a fallow period for Bob. But like, honestly, like it feels to me like this is like the high, like one of the absolute high points. Of yeah, his it's entire a, it, it really is totally. like
3: kind of a centerpiece moment of his career. Yeah. And it's like yeah. the, if you think about the his breakup, uh, the breakup of his marriage, I mean, it's like a, a huge, huge event in his life. And the way that Bob Dylan deals with that is
0: to do this. <laughs> is to become a hardcore uh-huh. fire and brimstone evangelical preacher and start uh, <laughs> basically heckling all of his audiences into becoming uh, believers in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Well, I will say I love street legal, too. Yes, like, so you're so speaking sort of our language. You, yeah, you love like, you love Shot of Love, you, you love street legal, you're speaking yeah. our language. Yeah. And,
1: I, and I've always personally f- like heard a lot of continuity between street legal and what came after in a way sure like i'm not surprised by it. i don't know what uh you you guys have said uh, all about it on the on your podcast but um to me it's just yeah i love that album too and i just feel like it's it, it's all of a piece in some way totally like i i've always thought of it as an era too i'm just agreeing with you really
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of Street Legal, right, the last song, um, uh, uh, Dark Heat, um, he's uh, he's saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm alive. But without you, it just doesn't seem right. Oh, where are you tonight? Like he's a man, like at the end of his rope, he's lost, like his whole future is black in front of him. So it makes complete sense that the next record, the next song you hear got to serve somebody. He's just got a whole new fucking thing.
3: I mean, it makes sense, (laughs) but it's also uh, kind of remarkable that there was an X record and it, it was I mean where do you go from there I mean. uh, it is kind of like this uh, sea change moment I suppose in, in Bob in Bob's creative life where as we've talked about like a million times on the show there are like a few other points like this along his career where there's he seems to like go into a cocoon and then like come back out later and he, he did I suppose gravitate to to the lord in this particular instance whereas at other points it was like gravitating back to the roots of his earliest folk music inclinations um what was the other one i don't know the other i mean time when been, he
0: did that. there have been many oh like- yeah
3: of course the 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 Sinatra era like stuff um, yeah. that's the like another man,
0: you know the 2000s it's you know he's, he's always becoming in, in the process of you know he not busy being born is busy dying you may have heard that somewhere <laughs> yeah. Evan uh-huh. um, I,
3: I've never heard that Yeah, opens your eyes well,
0: What part of what I've also, also always found fascinating and uh, Sam I don't know if you guys have like experience listening to like Punk and New Wave because um, uh, I'm sure you do and uh, Evan and I uh, do as well um, but like what's so fascinating about this particular turn of Bob's is that like this is the direction. And he's going as like things like punk and hip hop and disco and like these real kind of like um you know what seemed at the time to be quote unquote dangerous kind of uh musical movements uh were kind of coming to the forefront and the classic rockers the boomer generation that bob came out of and was kind of the vanguard of fading into the background getting kind of fat and happy you know touring uh making a lot of money but they're they're past their artistic primes um if you guys have any thoughts about just that kind of mismatch or or match you know so to speak
2: well i think that's such an that's such an interesting question because i always think like is is this is this like you you could look back at this era and think he's like preempting like the reagan era and kind of like this conservative um turn american politics and culture um bob with his sort of like Fox-like sense of where America <laughs> is headed kind of, uh, kind of goes there before uh, the rest of the culture turns that way. Um, and that this is some kind of like part of the reactionary backlash to the sixties and seventies era. But I think that's wrong because this is very challenging music in right. a way. Like he's putting a challenge to his listeners. And in fact, a lot of them get upset, you know, <laughs> they're like, fuck <laughs> you. We don't want to do this. Um, and so there's part, there's part of it where I think like, um, Matt and I like in our <coughs> Matt and I. Listened to a ton of this stuff the other night and um, had a lot of, I'm sure very profound conversations, most of which I forget because he <laughs> should have just recorded a, those. And a yeah. tre- he provided extremely you don't good, <laughs> extremely good bourbon to accompany this. And now I forget everything that we talked about, but I'm sure it was good. But one of the things Sam, you were is, brilliant, you were brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Just saying, but now I'm not going to be able to live up to that now, but we, but I, I think one thing that I was a takeaway is like, like, um, the difference between uh this kind of evangelicalism that uh, that um that bob gets uh invested in this moment and the evangelicalism of the new right and of um, um reagan mm-hmm. um like the first evangelical president was not reagan it was carter carter was oh, just, sure a, right a, a b- deeply believing christian won the south um Friends with like bob. Friend, deep close friends with Bob, exactly, yep. and I think that their variety of um sort of like Christian nationalism was actually much more similar than Bob's and Reagan's, for Interesting. example. Because, yeah, that, that
3: that makes sense.
2: I, yeah. I mean, Carter's like the rock and roll Christian president. Right, <laughs> that's what he is. You know, he's like there's like his son smoking weed with Willie Nelson like on the roof of the <laughs> White House or whatever, and like. Um, And so, and Carter's Carter's like Christian message was this very demanding, self-abnegating kind of message. Like the reason everybody ended up hating Carter was because there was like a recession and a gas crisis, and he would go on TV and be like, "Look, turn down your thermostats, (laughs) turn down down your thermostats, tighten your belts, Um, put on your cardigan, yeah, Yeah, put on your cardigan, and uh, and take some responsibility for yourself." he said Whereas, the thing that
3: was like true and uh, they hated him for it. They <laughs> hated him for People it, People right? don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Um, you know, he's like reading Christopher Lash and giving the crisis of confidence uh-huh. speech. Like this is a very different version of Christian uh, kind of public speaking. And then, um, and and Bob too, like this, this isn't Christianity as like, everything's fine, this is an easy solution to all your problems. Right. This is Christianity as like, You have to take an. You have to account for yourself, account for your life. You have to serve somebody, and you have Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, this is a demanding version of what of 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 sort of Christian belief and faith. Right, Uh, it's not Uh this kind of like thing like oh, it's so easy. All the answers are obvious. And with Reagan, you get a much more absolving version of christianity it, it's just the forgiveness uh-huh. part it's all the forgiveness part reagan we had a, a well, for a some people are, yeah, <laughs> right. Well, friend, yeah right only for some, right <laughs> right but, but we have we have a friend of the pod um friend of the pod um uh rick perlstein mm-hmm. who's written all these books about the conservative movement and he has this great line about reagan is as, as that reagan articulates a, a liturgy of absolution and it's all about how America is great. It's always been great. You're great because you're American. Uh, all these leftists have been telling you that you're bad because you're American. America does bad things in the world. No, that's not true. America is great. You're great, exactly the way you are. Um, and uh, that's his version of Christian, you know, evangelism. And, sure. And and and, and mm-hmm. Bob's is way more like. I was saying to Matt earlier that Bob, Bob's like the. Um, you know the he it, this this era is like the soundtrack to the second Carter administration that never happened, it's really which would have been a disaster that you, too. That but, you say that, you know.
3: I, I was thinking about how uh, that the boomers the boomers basically are uh, this thing of a convergence of the hippie uh, instinct yeah yes. and also conservatism at the same time, and so it makes perfect sense considering that bob hated the hippies was like found them to be basically like repugnant and uh, hypocrites hypocrite indulgent freaks who were uh trying to literally coming up to his doorstep as he was trying to live a normal life in woodstock new york with his family (laughs) (laughs) and uh you know touting him as like the the savior of of whatever Uh, This thing that was uh, impressed upon him, I think, a deep distaste for that sort of um, flavor of the month quality. And then I think Reagan, it seems like those hippies that were that had essentially conservative leanings just kind of adapted to whatever the 80s would represent as uh, the new flavor of the month of uh, it's not being a hippie now. It's being more of like a yuppie. It's being like a member of like the suave elite business class and you know how to have a good time. And uh, I think all of this is what he's (laughs) condemning is the type of person that is malleable enough and lacks the self-awareness to find themselves just shifting and moving with whatever the, the, uh-huh. the breeze tells you that day
1: right uh-huh
3: although i I would say I think
1: that's right, Evan, but there is also this like California religious sensibility to the context yes. Bob was in and totally. and and also I mean this kind of gets to the standpoint that we we think of like when we talk about evangelical Christianity, we tend to think of Jerry Falwell, the moral majority. Right. Not the Jimmy Carter's of the world. But like before that time, it was really, I think, especially in the, the late 60s and 70s, there was a real like a guy like Larry Norman, who was like a Christian rock singer songwriter who um, uh, I think one of his one of his albums was called like uh, We're Only Here Visiting or something like that. <laughs> like, We're only here visiting planet Earth. But like he, you know, uh, and or even like more popularly, this he was Jewish, but the, the song kind of had Christian resonances like Larry... Um, what was his name? Um, uh, Norman, sorry. Norman Greenbaum spirit in the sky, you know, that mm. song yeah. from yeah. like, like, <laughs> Great song. like, like yeah. this was, stuff was all in the air and Bob was in California and this vineyard Christian fellowship, which right. was like his religious community was, you know, it, it had, I think a bit of that like seeker, n- not like flabby, you know, self-indulgent hippiness, but a sort of, you know, seeker, California, It was very interpersonal, like Bob did small Bible studies and took classes with the pastors. And it, you know, um, that kind of intentional evangelical community was a big part of it. And uh, I was telling Sam earlier, uh, reading some of the Clinton-Halen book, Behind the Shades, from this period, I didn't realize like another early convert, even preceding Bob, I think, to this Vineyard Christian Fellowship was T-Bone Burnett. He was in, like, the worship Uh. band, right? Yeah.
3: And and so oh, like, it, a great like church band, I bet. Yeah, and I think even some people
1: who might have been touring man. with Bob, yeah, Keltner, you know, where... Keltner was Jim involved. Jim Keltner as too. well. It was uh, yeah. yeah, and
0: I think still, I don't know if it's still like is, specifically think... with this one particular sect, it still is very you know uh, devout.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot of like in the '70s, like Christian folk, Christian rock. Like uh, evangelical Christianity was not as associated with like hard right politics. There was a a kind of like hippie Jesus freak, Jesus people, you know, thing going on, too. And so I just think yeah, to look back and view the context in which Bob converted kind of, you know, retrospectively as very right wing conservative. There might have been aspects of that, but uh, like I I don't think um, that really captures the whole picture.
0: Yeah, I think that that totally makes sense. And the the, Uh the analogy, or not analogy, but the comparison with something like Falwell, right, or like Jim Baker, or right down to like the Righteous Mm -hmm. Gemstones, right? Like the common, like, modern conception of evangelical, you know, whatever. There's like a really commercial element to it, right? And this, Uh what Bob is doing, this is like the opposite of commercial. He's willingly like <laughs> not like giving his audience yeah. the furthest thing from what they want. He's playing just a hundred percent Christian music at these shows, at least in 79 and 80. Yeah. Um, And, uh, and just basically torching his entire commercial career. Uh, but to at the follow same time his though, it, here he,
3: this is the same guy who like not that long before was like a young man singing uh flesh colored Christ that glow in the dark. It's easy to see without looking too far. Not much is really sacred that he was like doing these, uh, sort of torch, uh, just like torching everything type songs that were yeah. like everything yeah. is is terrible, and that's that's like the instinct from which I think it became it was like fertile ground for something more substantive to come in. Um, he was already distrustful of the world, and I think what he lacked was a feeling of something to fill that void, and with you know maybe the dissolution of his marriage, it's like. Well, there uh-huh. has to be something more here, and religion is for many people that the answer yeah, for the that answer. that yeah. searching that question. Yeah, but it's it's also so
1: fascinating in a lot of these songs how women appear as figures in them. Yeah, right? totally. and, and, then, and even Bob's own ability to like manipulate other people. Um, oh and like ain't uh, like no gonna for anybody yeah, yeah. Help the, for anybody. We, that's
3: one of the if we Best are song. gonna talk about a song it's like it's... might as well start with that one that's like the standout highlight uh love that song but
4: I don't know it's Sanabon under world not control to gain the whole world and lose my soul I ain't
1: believe you left it off a record yeah yeah no well i mean that was one of the songs i had listed to talk about partly because um you know it shows up twice in the box set uh once on disc two like from april montreal april 1980 and then later in salem oregon that at the very end of the year december 1980 and the Mm -hmm. two versions are so different the first one begins with the great just the gospel sit the backup gospel singers you know coming in one by one coming in one by one and then like the guitar coming in and then you know it building to like the song Mm -hmm. like finally starting and then the second one the later one it's much more it just begins with the guitar it doesn't begin with the gospel singers so it's also kind of amazing like for listeners to the the podcast like just listening to those two things separated by like eight months or something it's an incredible example of how Bob reworks songs while he's on the road too in addition to being an amazing song that first one in April I mean, that, that really first version is on like, fire. If, my goodness. Yeah. If
3: you're gonna, I mean, I'm attached a bit to that version just because it's so, so great. Um, <laughs> it really is. It, that, the way that, it, yeah, as you said, it like builds in that like extremely uh, dramatic way at the beginning. And there's just the song, like, I, I think I first heard it like three years ago or something. It's so wild. It's like uh, something about that song just like, it, it's almost too direct like it's arresting yeah. it's like it's like disarming i mean like how direct it is it's just like i'm not going to go to hell for anybody the actual implications of that are so um yeah it goes like really deep
2: well i very think that it's a, it's like yeah i mean who says like the It starts with the chorus, (laughs) but the first, who says, I can't, I can manipulate people as well as anybody. Right. I know all the angles, know how to make a game go. I can make, I can make believe I'm in love with almost anybody. Yeah, that
3: line is incredible. Hold them and control them, tease them and squeeze them.
2: Yeah. But it's like, but, but also like, that's like, this, this is one of the things I, I, I was thinking about a lot too, is like the relationship between so many of Bob's songs are so mean And angry about like other people, right? And like just nailing them to rights, you know the like obviously like you know like Rolling Stone and like the you know positively Fourth Street these sort of songs that just kind of like are like this is what's wrong with you, and this is how you've wronged me, and it's so clear, and I'm gonna articulate it in this like just damning way. Um, And I think one of the interesting things about the Christian era, if we're uh, speaking of its positive qualities, is like. He does implicate himself a lot. Totally. You know. Um, um I can manipulate people as well as anybody. You know, uh it's like yeah, I know what you mean, um, Evan, that it's like it's almost like don't say that to me. Like that's too honest like when somebody says yeah. something to you and you're like whoa 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 like i'm, I'm sure that's true but you shouldn't say that as, yeah. as a sagittarius i think that i resonate with that sort of um one honesty that you're bringing some, pagan zoroastrianism into this conversation about the lord Evan, that has no place here. wait evan i think that i think i was listening to the pod at some point and you Said the line, I'm a 5'7 Sagittarius like Casavetes. Yeah, that's
3: right. (laughs) Uh That gives me some kind of um,
2: feeling of uh, hope in my darkest moments. Casavetes gives all of us short kings hope. Uh Well, you know who else is 5'7? Bob Dylan. (laughs) Uh Well, you know, Evan,
1: it's interesting, even going back to some of what was mentioned earlier, the like bob converting it's interesting to think about it as giving him a new way to write about himself as sam's yeah. kind of getting at right like especially like post you know if you you can look at his early years and say this is like a young man's right like grappling with the world the anger the injustice whatever and with um, women like blonde, with on women, blonde, yeah and exactly uh, yeah. and then like blood on the tracks of the divorce album like, if you're going to keep writing about yourself, you need a new vantage point from which to do so in a way. And I think the religious material, as Sam's getting at the more self-lacerating, self-critical aspect, like it gave Bob's writing about himself, like both new material and I think a certain, you know, um, uh, well, as is. As, uh, in the Rolling Stone review of slow train coming, right? Like authenticity the was the word. Yeah. The winner yeah. used. Yeah. Well, he's I, so but, earnest with it. Yeah. And I, but I think like that was actually a perceptive review to point that out. And I think right. it's real. And I think it's like the richness of this material comes from that. Like Bob was writing about himself. It from a genuinely fresh perspective. Yeah. I mean, it's a religious perspective.
3: It's a perspective that, you know, another Dylan line comes to mind. Uh, I'm trying to get a, as far away from myself as I can from yeah. uh later on where I feel like that's what he's trying to do here in a way where it's like the freshness uh, uh that he was seeking came from a perspective where maybe I mean couldn't couldn't speak from any personal experience but if you were to have a relationship um break then uh you might be feeling uh, a bit uh inclined to be self lacerating to to turn things upon yourself and feel like what did I do wrong and I think religion in this case, it's like he, with, with the Christianity, it was kind of like a way for him to, um, sublimate those feelings of potential personal failure in the right. relationship yeah. into okay. something where it's not just me, it's all of us. It's everyone, <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. actually, yeah. it's always messing up and, and, and it gives you, it's it my job to of... I have the platform right. to tell you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's also um, a weird way in which, like I back to our comments about street legal, you know, like the imagery for the church in Christian theology is as the bride of Christ. And so, like, think back to street legal, the groom still waiting at the altar. Like, like there's all like I, as a Christian, I first heard that song and thought he's clearly there's something here. I don't hmm. know if that's true or not. But it wasn't groom uh, We have
3: to do a nerdy correction. Groom sewing the altar is from it's from a different one, right? Shot of love. It's not from Street shot little, of Love. Shot oh, of love. Oh crap! Oh never but mind. It, but it is Cut a really then. it's a no. It, it's a a really weird song that doesn't belong uh-huh. on any album. So <laughs> I,
1: my the point I was driving at is there's a really interesting way in which like women in in as like figures in Christian theology, mm. there's a lot of. like i felt like some of these songs like is bob talking to who is bob talking to or can we talk about precious angel then
3: i was about
2: to say we should talk about precious angel that's i mean another
3: standout i mean my probably my top favorite just bar none favorite song from the era i think it's so uh good i love it it's so good <laughs> but uh, that that thing does pop up in every time I listen to it, and that and like Covenant Woman, like there's all yeah. it's like the women in these songs are very different than the women in Blonde mm-hmm. on Blonde. That's yeah, like yeah, so yeah. so vastly different, and even different from the women in uh, Blood on the Tracks, which like he he does seem to create a more three dimensional view of of the women in his life uh, as he goes on. But then it actually becomes uh, weirdly abstracted in this material. Mm-hmm. The women are like, you don't know if he's dating, you don't know if he's with them, if they're his, like, if it's if it's an angel or if it is a an actual person uh, yeah. or some combination of the two. And the lyrics kind of like play around with that willy nilly. You never really know who these women are.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. I, I mean, I think a lot of it is him trying to write about Sarah. Uh, you know his his ex-wife at this point, without like pointedly writing about Sarah specifically. Um, and there, there's one of these tracks on here. I, I cold out a bunch of lyrics from some of these songs, um, just to run through with uh, with everyone at some point. But one of these songs is just a cover. Um, and uh, it's uh, help me understand. Uh, which is just some oh, random song. It's the divorce song, exactly. Yeah. You know she didn't ask to be brought to this world to drift from pillar to post. This is talking about the daughter in this song, but a divorce never stops to consider the ones it hurts the most, as in this unfair divorce that Bob has gone through is harming <laughs> all of his children His and children, stuff. it's
3: like you didn't think of it. It's just like the divorce court song it's the most song. it's
0: the most most father's rights track in his well, entire there's that record. one and let's stick
3: together the uh cover of let's
0: stick together that right did. yeah
3: well, the marriage vow is very sacred <laughs> <laughs> a great um, song.
0: and so that one i mean you can see why he left on the cutting room floor obviously because that's a little That's a little on the nose but uh i think a Didn't lot he, of no the, the, let's the, stick together is
3: that's well, no, 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 something. no. But help me understand. Oh, I'm yeah, saying
0: sure. is on the room floor. It, it just pops up here because um, it's a little on the nose. But I think a lot of the other women that he's writing about a little more kind of obscurely or obtusely. I, I think. I think a lot of the the stuff that he had gone through with with his ex wife at this point was informing those views, those statements, those lyrics, the kind of attitude towards women that uh, that come comes through here at this moment in time.
2: I think. I think Matt's also right though that like the Christian kind of idiom gives him a way to situate women in his life in a way that's like not either as like ideal love objects or as like his tormentors (laughs) like precious angel precious angel is like like she's the medium through which he has access to god you're my woman
3: you're my delight
2: she Uh she showed him you know she showed him that he was blind you know um Uh and so uh that's like a it's yeah, still weak. Was you, the could still, you could still see it as like an instrumentalist approach to to his I relationships mean, it, with women, but it's one where 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 woman is like the the conduit between him and the divine. Yes,
1: it, and, and to the extent it's instrumentalized, I mean that would be my take on the way they're instrumentalized in some of this stuff. And it, in fact, we know like his joining the Vineyard Christian Fellowship partly came through uh, a, a black actress named Mary Alice Artez, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, there is a, and this is a kind of common story, like men finding religion because of someone they're dating or mm. their marriage. You know, isn't like Justin Bieber
3: a member of like the uh, a similar type of? Uh, he's he's a church. member of Hillsong, right? Which yeah. is
1: uh, like originally based out of Australia, but it's it's really geared around like these, like the worship music from Hillsong churches is like a huge deal. It's like very like rock music, like uh, energetic praise music so this is and... the
3: equivalent the modern
1: uh or current day equivalent <laughs> to uh the vineyard Vine- i mean i i mean obviously like <laughs> yeah. t Bone burnett is in this like worship band like yeah um yeah, now we but, just and have that's Justin a real uh-huh. and i guess his,
3: his wife um yeah but there,
1: there there is especially like a man trying to clean himself up and makes a meets a good woman who introduces him to religion that's a thing you know yeah. and it was a thing for bob and i think uh as Sam's saying the christian idiom uh like the, the figures of women in his songs in the spirit are really interesting but yeah. they're but it's kind of complicated and and you know maybe the you see some of that instrumentalization in you know like women being a conduit of yeah. in some way for like his experience of the divine
3: it's interesting now that like where do women factor into his songwriting now because earlier on Like the early enough, you go early enough, it's like there, it's sort of abstract. It's like he's literally covering songs that are just about the idea of women. Then he's writing songs about women who have harmed him or like (laughs) he has problems with. Haven't lived up to his expectations. That then goes deeper and deeper. And then he's talking about how he's failed with women or they failed each other. And then it goes into this nebulous sort of like women as religious uh, conduit phase. And then now it's like he's writing when he writes about women. I mean, even the song, like I've made up my mind to give myself to you. We were talking about that. It it feels like it is like a devotional song that does not really talk about who it is at all. That, that subject is assumed to be a woman. He says, I'll go far away from home with her but it is yeah. kind of this abstracted woman again and yet it seems to incorporate the depth of the entire uh, career and his relationship uh-huh. to women through song in this yeah, way exactly. that's like very profound
2: I and love that song serious beautiful song. I love that song and I um so I think like in the in the Christian era always with religious music and this is just kind of like we should probably t- probably talk about this some at some point. Like the thing about religious music and rock music is that it's just the same thing. And like there's always this thing where it's like, um, are they talking about Jesus? Are they talking <laughs> about God? Or are they talking about someone Fucking. they want to fuck? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so and so that's always there. It's like who is the you in this song? Who is the person I'm longing for? Who is the person mm-hmm. I'm going to be loyal to? Who is the person I feel like I'm betraying? But um what's so fascinating about uh i made my mind to give myself to you. I had not had this thought. I went to the show, one of the shows at the Beacon uh, last year. Oh, we were there, too. We were there, too. Oh, yeah. I yeah. was oh, at yeah. two of three. I don't remember which night I was there, but um, I brought my girlfriend, who is a big Bob fan, but had never seen him, and was, wow. she was totally blown away, which do you was great. A, do you have a girlfriend who is a big Bob fan?
0: That's the dream, isn't it? That is, <laughs> she is that that's is. like uh, I, I have to Whoa!
2: like not make. I have to make sure not to make it into one of my annoying obsessions, so that it then becomes like unattractive to her. Like, she she on her own. We're just Bob. like, yeah, I, I like. Him. Yeah, he's pretty cool. You yeah. could put on Bob if you want. Um, but so she came to the show, and when he played that song, I was like, "Isn't that a beautiful song?" And then afterwards, we we're talking about it, and he and she said. Yeah, and it was so obvious that he that he was talking to the audience. Yeah, he was well, saying, I've made up my mind to give myself to you Well, there was the Nothing recent has-
3: thing that there was like a clip that was circulating on Bob Twitter where he is playing that song and somebody in the crowd in the middle of uh, like a short pause says, we-, we love you, Bob. And then he like laughs and he says and he emphasizes very distinctly the final lines. Of I've made up my mind to give myself to you, you. and yeah. it, and that actually tracks perfectly because I I hadn't thought about that until I heard that clip, and then it's like yeah. oh, oh
2: yeah. So I and I think like what's so fascinating about him is that like, you know, through all these relationships and these all all these kind of like trying to figure out how he should relate to people that he cares about and love and who he's ob- who he has an obligation to who he's loyal to. Of course, like the thing what's so fascinating is like Bob obviously resents his audience. He also <laughs> loves them. <laughs> I mean, was I saying I... to Matt the other night, like 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 there's, there's like this Freudian insight. This Matt's rolling is gonna roll his eyes because I'm always <laughs> talking about Freud. He's always talking about. Catholic shit, and I'm always talking about Freud. That's the <laughs> that's the Jewish Catholic breakdown. Of the that's podcast. great dynamic. Yeah. Uh-huh. But so that's but our, what, but we, what, what we what we have well. in common is yeah. profound guilt. We share that. That's <laughs> yeah. what we all so, have in common. So there's this great Freudian insight, which the opposite of love is not hate; it's indifference. Mm. Uh. Love and hate are in some kind of like complicated relationship with Ugh. each other because ambivalence. <laughs> no, it's true though. So like, if you if you if you are capable of hating something it's it's closer to love than yeah. indifference yeah. Right. right and bob is go, goes through all of these periods where he's like trying yeah. to decide how he feels about the people who who love him his audience like his admirers the his and and i feel like his that song is like in a similar way the like apostrophe of to the you is like to this constant uh sometimes tormenting but often the only like true and and full relationship in his life which is with the people who love his music well, well i honest. think that
3: that that makes perfect sense uh if just to vindicate a, a controversial point we've made many times on the show is like the period specifically the album that we have always felt was the weakest is new morning and i think <gasps> that if really? you read chronicles you will find that that is the album where every hint points to that he it's the one time when he seemed to feel indifferent about his audience. He just wanted to put out a record and they put a record out. Mm. And I think that that makes it a weak record in in this way that is maybe hard to pin down, but I think you maybe have gotten towards something there because he often, I mean, that's unusual for him to just be like, oh, "Let's just put something out." I'm focused on something else. I'm not and trying now, to
2: antagonize them or please them.
3: Yeah, but, well, well, yeah. now it's like, I mean, the man is—he's just announced new tour dates, and I mean, I the the, gra- the gravity of that is not unstoppable lost on anyone. It's just like the man is near, you know, statistically the end of his life, and he is <laughs> choosing to spend it doing this, and that is just yeah. really like boggers uh, well, the ne- <laughs> It's the never-ending tour. It's yeah,
1: you know, it really it's, never it's, is going to end. Yeah.
3: It's
0: never well, going to well, end as long as yeah. he can
1: do has any say. Yeah. Well, you know, one question about the audience or one point to make. Uh one of the tracks on the box set, the deluxe box set is mm. the radio spot. Oh, uh, so good. and and, which i just kind of feel like (laughs) in this context especially the preceding you know comments from sam and evan like deserves to be unpacked because you start listening to it and it's you know you hear some music but then you the first like couple people talking are just saying like man i came to hear bob dylan and i got preaching instead or like (laughs) i i you know and and then you have some other people are like i liked it you know it's it's like an extremely weird radio spot but like Talking about Bob's relationship to his fans, I just thought of that extremely weird. It's one of the tracks on the box set. It's this, this radio spot from like a show in Oregon or something.
2: Yep. And it's just and like, um, it's that's so like strange. But so familiar, right? Because it's like the yeah. same as like In No Direction Home. Yeah, the British. <laughs> know. Yeah, yeah. No. The <laughs> Brits. We thought he was going to do folk music. He came out and yeah. did all his pop stuff. Didn't want to uh-huh. hear his stupid pop band. <laughs> it was rubbish. It was rubbish. It was and rubbish. I hated it. <laughs> Absolutely <Yeah>. shite. <laughs>
4: Bob Dylan is taking a slow train to Portland. His concert is January 10th, 8 p.m. at the Paramount.
0: I was kind of disappointed. I wanted to hear rock and roll. Rock and roll. I heard Bob Dylan singing gospel. I didn't come here to hear sermons. I could have went to church, man.
2: I want the old Bob Dylan, the one I know and love, and that wasn't him. No, I think the message is the same as what he's saying about before. It's just more focused. I mean, people used to have to wonder about what he
3: was saying, now it's clear what he's saying.
1: Hey, he sounded great, and the band was fine.
4: The scriptures say to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, the kings, and the children of Israel. And that's just what he's doing. Decide for yourself. Bob Dylan in concert January 10th at the Paramount. Seating for the special event is reserved only. Tickets on sale now at Meyer Frank downtown and all the usual Paramount
3: events. I think he should unplug that guitar and go home and and do do normal songs. (laughs)
2: Uh Um.
3: But it is is interesting that the people coming who were open to it. It's like, I wonder if they were probably people who didn't know that much about Bob Dylan. And they just know he's a big name. And then they come and they see obvious, like, just intense charisma and are moved by it because... You come to be entertained, like you'll be entertained by that show. I mean, if you're with it and you're paying attention, you you can tell that he's attempting to communicate something. And I think rock music works best when the person doing it is actively attempting to communicate something. And Uh when you're not doing that, I mean, we all love shoegaze music. We all like that. It's all, it's nice to hear. But it is not music often that is like just, you know, a lot of indie rock, a lot of the last like 20 years, a lot of it falls victim to this thing of like, well, you don't really need to hear the lyrics. You don't really need to. It's more about the vibe and just like how it sounds.
2: But feeling like you're inside the womb again.
3: Yeah. That's like a more, it's like a physical, it's almost like that type of music is to what is is closer to dance music where it's for like a body feeling it's for like mm. this feeling of safety or or you know you're getting somehow intellectually stimulated uh, it's, it's like, like an
2: indica versativa right there you go where, where this <laughs> this stuff speaking is like Matt's uh, language
3: it's like no weed it is like a cold splash of water to the face <laughs> and you are uh, either rejuvenated and refreshed or you're mm. very mad
2: <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, well, I'd love to hear you talk. We should maybe talk about some more of the songs. I know uh, everybody's mm-hmm. probably got ones they want to talk about. Yeah, what yeah. are your picks? <laughs> yeah. What? What? Are, let's. We could go
1: around. I mean, there's yeah. a million versions too. Yeah. Well, there's one song. This wasn't first on my list, but to maybe mix things up a little bit, I, I didn't realize that. Unless I, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the the recording of Caribbean Wind, mm-hmm. a disc two of this, is the only live recording we have. I th- right I because think officially the, the, released, yeah, yeah, officially released. And the other one, there was like a studio outtake that was on the the, the early bootleg series, right? The, like, yeah, on the, the first one, uh-huh. yeah, a exactly biograph. from '85. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I I don't know if that is like a cult favorite for you two or or you Sam Sam and I we've never talked about Caribbean Wind but I, it was one of those ones that kind of stands out as like oh wow there's this live version of Caribbean Wind and it's such a I always thought it kind of an amazing song yeah and, I think uh, it's a cool
2: song. Yeah. It's one of those
0: ones you're like, how did this never end up on an album? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it uh, that one definitely was. I was a late arrival to, uh, but okay. it is like it is like one of my pantheon, like top level songs of all time of his at this point, point. Huh. And, and specifically really the, the biograph version, which I think nails the kind of like glossy, fun, breezy '80s vibe that. But well, it's to go got along that, with that like uh,
3: the uh, onomatopoetic...
0: The yeah sh- the the actual <laughs> whoosh of the Caribbean wind uh-huh, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah i mean the the versions that we get here I think there's two there 's there 's a live version there 's also like a um a studio outtake or rehearsal or something mm-hmm. like that, uh, and they're very different, completely different sets of lyrics. This is a song in particular that like never actually finished becoming whatever it was supposed to be, like he rewrote yeah. the song multiple times, different tempos, different instruments, different delivery styles, and stuff like that it 's just like a terribly long dense narrative of <laughs> it, like i was just posting that on twitter a few minutes ago in fact like i still have no fucking idea what what that song is about at all <laughs> yeah, yeah uh-huh yeah uh-huh it, yeah but it rocks either. and it makes me feel it's, something yeah it's a great song yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. i guess I, I just mentioned that one for for listeners uh it, it, it stands out because of kind of
2: the scarcity but i have other songs but sam do you have any? Well, you know, I'm I'm obsessed with the second take, the, the take two of um, when he returns. It's mm. on here with mm. the like staccato piano. Oh, that
3: that is. <laughs> I wanted to talk about that too. So I'm glad you mentioned it. That the take two of um, when he returns, like just if anybody, it's it's really like a bullet in the head of anybody who's like Bob Dylan's a bad singer. Because that's like, what I think that too. First second of it, I mean, it's. it's soaring vocals it's great yeah
4: the iron head ain't no match by the iron rod the strongest wall we crumble and fall to remind Who have ears It is Only he That can reduce me To tears Don't you cry Don't you die And don't you die
2: Yeah, it's I. I was joking about it when I was listening to it, like every like ten minutes the other day, and on Twitter, and I was like, you know, like Bob's famous thing is like, actually, I hit all the notes, and I can hold my breath longer than Caruso if I had yeah. to. <laughs> it's like that song. It's like clearly, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like he uh, he hits all the notes, and he those like long sustained. Um, I just think that song, like it's a it's a classic gospel song it's totally believable like we were when Matt and I were talking about the, this the other night like um I, we were reading from that Christopher Rick's book the about the about the lyrics mm-hmm. it's called like Bob Dylan's visions of sin or something mm-hmm. and he says something like the christian bob's christian music asks to be believed mm-hmm. and um you know that like there's a relationship in it between like only only a potential blasphemer can uh uh sing a believable Christian song sure if there's no if you know belief is the possibility of blasphemy, and if there's no possibility, then it's not um <laughs> it's not uh there's no risk, yeah you're um, making a choice, yeah, and so but that song is just like I just find it to be. There are, there is an interesting irony in a lot of these songs, and it kind of wears he in relation to what he's saying. But in that, in that performance, just like it's so pure, it's so good. Yeah, um, uh-huh. yeah, and uh, it has like my favorite, even just like vocal flourish on, on the box set, which is when he says, "In an unknown hour." <laughs> <laughs> That's the
3: kind of Lou uh, flourish there. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, it's so good. huh. Yeah,
2: and. And it's different. I mean, the just the only different, the real main difference from the record is like the the way the piano. I forget who the piano player is on it. We figured that out the other night, but uh-huh. um, it's not Bob. It's- yeah, it's just this like snappy like uh, staccato thing. Yeah, yeah,
1: but well, you know, it might be worth saying. Um, One of the things I wanted to talk about some, and I think when he returns is the perfect kind of uh, way into it, is like Bob's apocalyptic imagination and the end time stuff. Because one of the things uh, that was big, especially in the Vineyard Christian Fellowship circles he was in, was this book that was published in 1970 by Hal Lindsey, the late great planet Earth, which was um, like sort of a book about the end times. And this is the kind of thing I mentioned earlier, like the fundamentalist Christianity I grew up with, the end time stuff was huge. And like the way, it, it's very, um, if I can put it this way, the way we fundamentalist Baptists read the book of Revelation was very Talmudic. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: you yeah, know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like looking the, for... Numerology. Like, and yes. And, and so, uh, but this was big in the, the vineyard Christian circles Bob was in. And even, I went back and I read some of the book today, And it's so fascinating, given that Bob, of course, is is Jewish, um, you know, by birth, that the whole beginning of the late great planet Earth is about the Hebrew prophets. And like Mm -hmm. it's about Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and like and really like a lot of the Christian and time stuff is about reading these, you know, prophets from the Hebrew Bible slash Old Testament, you know, um, as a. I mean, one thing fundamentalist Christianity does is read things literally. So there's, like, no difference between, like, these Old Testament texts and the Book of Revelation. And Mm. it's all, like, can be interpolated and, you know, read alongside each other and juxtaposed. And so, like, the end time stuff was huge. And, and like, when you see Bob, like, in the Toronto shows in, in 1980, like, giving these riffs before the songs about, like, Gog and Magog, that's, like... Right from Hal Lindsey's late, great planet Earth. Gog was Russia and Magog was Iran. And there would be a <laughs> conflict in the Middle East that would lead to him, to, to like bring things full circle, him returning, meaning Jesus yeah. Christ, right. returning as king.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, of all, of all you know, of every earthly plan that is known to man, he's unconcerned. He's got plans of his own to set up his throne when he returns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's also so,
3: that Allen Ginsberg bit about Gog Magog. That like he'd, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that. He uh, has a poem where he says that uh, a lot. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. What, uh, but same, e- it's the same e- stew. Even,
1: even to Sam's point again, going back to like the the soundtrack to the. Uh, uh, never happened second jimmy Carter term um you know in the like political the way it's hard to pigeonhole some of this politically is that i was very shocked when i because how Lindsay's someone who later on i would would associate with a more right-wing evangelicalism but like he begins his book like great planet earth by saying we all really are uncertain about the future um like overpopulation, okay, that's bad. <laughs> like no one Well, that's the main concern that everyone yeah. has but, now. But then he, you but know? Then he <laughs> was like nuclear war, and air and water pollution. Like, can the human race continue to exist? It, yeah. it, like, there's nothing about it when you start reading it that makes you think this is right wing crazy. Politics. Overly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, uh-huh. of
3: course, I mean, these days, uh, I don't think it's far from anybody's mind uh, that the end times are um, nigh. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, everything's going yeah. great. I don't know what you're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's, it's too, by, by, good, by yeah. the 80s, the, with Biden all the Cold boom. War stuff, you know, because Reagan believed in the end times stuff, too. You know, yeah. and so but we so all it, believe it, in it, the end times yeah. now. Right? But it was it, it was really like in the air in the eighties because it's like oh the mark of the beast what's that on Gorbachev's forehead right? <laughs> like like there there was a lot of weird stuff in the air and and well, some of it was yeah. apocalyptic and Bob was you know that like the apocalyptic end time stuff was a major feature of the the Vineyard Christian Fellowship he was yeah, a I've, part of
3: I've never made this connection before but you know in the, the late seventies early eighties was a huge boom time of like post punk music and much of that <laughs> was about the anxiety and the terror existentially of potential annihilation by nuclear war. Mm -hmm. One of the, one of the best records from that era uh, about that is Deceit by this heat, which is like uh, uh, this really intense British magnum opus about nuclear war. (laughs) And I, that was like a foundational record for me and some other friends I had like growing up and, and, it strikes me that like this is Dylan's response to that climate is uh, to address the, this uh, this kind of existential terror with some kind of um, immediate reaction that is in in his case a, a
0: religious one rather mm-hmm.
3: than a one that's just ideological or philosophical. Mm-hmm.
0: That's one of the other yeah. most unique uh like hallmarks I think of his songwriting uh at this moment in time. Obviously, like the most unique one is he's talking about Jesus Christ. That's, you know, that, that's pretty clear. Uh but never I think in his entire discography before or after this is he so clearly speaking about like current events and contemporary events. Like yeah. I don't know if you, how many Yeah, if yeah well, if you guys well, caught like tough, all the yeah. mentions of like Iran and the Sheiks and yes. Russia yeah. and stuff like it's like you know, he's he's a guy before and after this. He likes to stay far away from you know well, the, whatever's going on. Ian. Ian. What about
3: Union Sundown? You're forgetting about uh, Neighborhood Bully. Well, that's but that's, about, but that's part uh, of this era. That's part of this right? era. Exactly. Yeah, but you forget yeah, about the earlier bully. stuff too. Like when he would make those songs when <laughs> well, he was a little guy, no, talking it, about like the communist. You know, well, making sure, fun he, of that, the red yeah. Scare. Once
0: he got past that, you know that that was yeah. that was a yeah. mode of songwriting and, yeah. and cultural criticism. Uh-huh. We could say that he really dropped for the rest of
2: his career except for just this like 79 to 83 i think that's time that's so important because it's like the thing about the folk era stuff is that the idiot that was an idiom of a certain kind of like 30s communist song right you know, that right. was like the woody allen like labor like wobbly i, mean, woody song what, what what you, <laughs> I think you mean woody oh my oh, <laughs> god that is such a <laughs> fascinating freudian slip uh, <laughs> yeah okay. well just just <laughs> like, yeah so like yeah, so so but then at this point he goes back he goes back to like i don't know everyone's like you know like the finger pointing songs like these are finger pointing songs again too and he's not and he's yeah. ve- clearly like engaged with um current events like you know slow train yeah. coming and like the yeah you know the the mm-hmm. uh oil barons abroad who are controlling america yeah and, all that foreign yeah.
0: oil controlling american america. soil look around <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it's just bound, bound to, make to make you embarrassed, you embarrassed. sheiks yeah. walking around like kings wearing <laughs> fancy jewels and nose rings deciding america's future cheap. from
2: amsterdam <laughs> to paris yeah, it's like... nuts. another good one for this stuff is when you're gonna wake up yes um yeah and when you get the, the version of well, one that's the finger
3: pointing song yeah, all. Yeah, i guess
2: yeah it's that's mm-hmm. true which yeah. one am I thinking Wait. of? There's one version of it on here that's so good. <laughs> Yeah, this has, like, all th- all of these references to stuff that was contemporary then, but I was also thinking, like, if uh, one of these, like, new right populist, like, <laughs> freaks on the right wanted to have a great campaign song, um, this would be a good one, like, because there's even a line that's, like, not that Bob would allow that, hopefully, uh, but... There's even the line that's like adulterers in churches and pornography in the schools. He was writing about gang- grooming. You got <laughs> gangsters in power and lawbreakers making rules. Uh, and the I, and the, and Ian, the cor- I thought the that exact is when- thing. It's <laughs> yeah, so did dark, you- but I did. I was like, oh, yeah, shit. When, when you got to wake up and strengthen the things that remain. Yeah, yeah. that
3: line is uh, one that always sticks in my craw strengthen the things that, that remain that's
2: the most kind of like that's like that really does sound like a conservative shibboleth more than most well things,
3: it though. is by it, like kind of objectively a conservative idea yeah, you right want to there. conserve the conservative existing conservative in the sense. Yeah. So yeah like let's like not go and let's yeah. not do away with the foundation of of things and that's not of course necessarily a bad impulse you know there is something to be said for like recognizing that certain things in life ought not to be uh, dismissed. You don't want to throw the baby out with the bathroom. Like walk. the gender
2: binary, I assume you mean. Yeah, yeah. this is what I'm talking <laughs> go about. On. Go, I'm go, talking on, go on, talking go on, about sorry.
3: bathrooms and who can go in them. <laughs> no, I, I, I just mean uh, in terms of like having some kind of a, an anchor um, of like a moral and, a solid uh, rock Yeah a solid rock made, made before, uh, Solid rock Is that what you want to hear? <laughs> solid <laughs> rock Made before the Foundation of the Air
2: You mean that one? You mean yeah. that one? Okay That's one of the best yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: Little snippets Of Bob <laughs> He's oh,
2: such on. a yeah. psycho At this moment <laughs> <laughs> I know, he really Oh solid is. rock? We, oh uh, we got a We got a
0: request <laughs> Yeah
2: yeah <laughs> who's but, requesting I mean,
3: that who the yeah. fuck is
2: it? <laughs> well the, it's, just like, to... it's just like nobody else has been ever calling out the songs from the christian records and he finally yeah, yeah. got one he's like did somebody say solid rock someone <laughs> yeah someone yeah. clearly I just it. said like I, I, I
0: want you and then he's like oh yeah that's uh that's uh yeah. solid rock i <laughs> uh, hope that
3: that's what he said <laughs> that's uh-huh. what happened he's like uh did somebody say solid rock
0: that when when you're it. gonna wake up? Also, uh, has maybe the the funniest line in the entire like set. This entire era, uh, counterfeit philosophies have polluted all of your thoughts. Karl Marx has got you by the throat. Henry Kissinger still got you wrapped up in knots, uh, which I think speaks uh, perfectly <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, like to the, this concept well, that you mentioned uh, earlier, man. Like this doesn't fit neatly into just like hard right reactionary yeah, kind of conservatism. Yeah. It, he's he's anti. I guess it's unclear whether he's anti-Karl Marx based on the communist element or the, you know, Soviet USSR <laughs> element or both or neither. Uh but he's clearly also against Henry Hintry, uh, Kissinger. It's also like all ideologies cloud the
1: mind from perceiving yeah, the right. truth. And, yeah, there's no time uh, to think. Uh,
3: one yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh-huh. Um He's got that other line about Karl Marx, the greatest enemies of mankind, on the most recent. That's on the dynamic. most recent, yeah. That's on. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He mentions and, uh, Karl Marx again. And
0: your <laughs> yeah. boy uh, Freud, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Freud yeah. and Marx, yeah. 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 Perfect. And, and, and not Does to... he say anything about Woody Allen? Uh, no. <laughs> he's, I... he's Don't. Clear. <laughs> I beg he's you so not to bring correct.
2: Woody Allen up. You know, he just <laughs> won't. He just uh-huh. won't address the whole Woody Allen yeah. situation. Don't it's get. Do not get Evan
0: started on Woody Allen. yeah uh uh-huh
1: but you know it's it's not to delve into like um questions of anti-semitism like marx and kissinger juxtaposed (laughs) like that but i i will say when i was when i was like a teenager i was in a sunday school class on the book of revelation kind of the end times truly i'm not making this up i remember this old lady in the class raised her hand and she said do you think Henry Kissinger is the Antichrist? <laughs> and like now, I like she's more correct than she knew. Me. I uh, yeah, yeah, but I was like at the t- yeah, I'm like yeah, Henry Kissinger is pretty evil. When but he's I do, 130 years old. I'd uh-huh. be like, hey, he probably yeah, was. But yeah. It, it's like interesting. Like in the context of this end time stuff, like the Trilateral Commission, the UN, like there's a lot yeah. that was. Like I was kind of taught growing up that like probably the Antichrist would be if not the Pope um then probably the secretary general of the un <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know damn i i have no idea what the what that even why yeah. that well you be. need someone
1: who can like pull a lot of strings all over the world so
2: but th- that's all and because uh-huh. the, the 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 war to end all wars has to start it has there has to be a uniting of all the nations yeah first uh-huh. right, right. yeah, yeah. In the, um...
1: the anti will gather many people together but uh, that's also a way of saying I think my parents hate that I'm Catholic more than they hate that I'm gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. believe it or not, that's the worst offense. Uh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's so many. There's so many lines from so many of these songs. Like he's just he's he's all over the place. Here, there's another, I don't give know if you guys more, caught this. Give us some more yeah. uh, we, we we lines.
3: should talk a little bit about the. Yeah. Sort of shot of love stuff and how that fits well, into this because okay, can,
1: can I just say it please? What's you, what's you two, Sam, you two, you 3s take on Lenny
0: Bruce? Great, brilliant song.
4: They stamped him and they label him like they do with pants and shirts. Good song. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought, thought you, really you guys hated
1: song, Lenny Bruce. We but like, hated But, like, what's, it, like, started, was, what's its significance? Yeah. We this? were so
0: much older than we're younger than that. <laughs> now. Yeah, <Okay>. exactly. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't mean to retread any ground uh, you covered. We're always but, happy to talk about Lenny Bruce. This is a Lenny Bruce uh, uh, uh-huh. podcast. Because I don't
1: have a take on it. And I just wondered what your take is, like, on that album. Because, you know, Shot of Love's interesting because it is the third. And then, you know, of the trilogy, uh, since we the final, I subscribe. As you seem to, into the long Christian period from Strictly right. Legal to Infidels. But, like, properly speaking, it's the last Christian album, right? Like, in one sense. And to me, Shadow Love is also kind of the weirdest of the Christian albums. Yeah. And its presence on it just has always been, like, super interesting to me, uh, especially given that Bob himself, you know, was born Jewish. And right. that's part of his background. And on this Christian album, you know, there's this Lenny Bruce song. And I just, I, I it's I don't have well-developed thoughts on it but I'm interested in everyone well, I else's. I think that
3: the interesting contradiction is like you'd think that he it shows that he's coming out of this um hyper ev- ev- evangelist era and he's incorporating more of the world um outside of that more of a secular perspective Or even perspective his Jewishness. Again. like
1: look at the album art to right. Infidels, yeah. right? Like it's he's in Jerusalem. Yep.
3: Yes. So I I think that Lenny Bruce represents um uh, sort of integration reintegration into the world outside uh, the secular world after this very intense initial foray into um, Christianity. He's going back to and, the old
0: Testament. He's dry. He's done with the new Testament shit. Yeah, he's going back I, to the old Testament.
3: Lenny, Lenny Bruce is, I think a song ultimately about like um, someone who he fancies was, is sort of like him. Um, and it's, huh. I think echoed in, yeah. in uh, roll on John. A song that gets so much shit also, (laughs) like Lenny Bruce also just like gets shit on by everyone. But both these songs are, I think, songs where he's writing about someone he kind of has like a feeling of, of brothership with. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: and Bob has always been very like um, <clears throat> appreciative of like entertainers. I think you get this sense from yeah, like, yeah, watching some totally. of the the um, documentaries and stuff, like the Sorcesi documentary. He just a, a dance ton man of time. Himself. Yeah, he exactly. <laughs> he spends a ton of time talking about how formative his experience at the carnival in in Hibbing was as a kid. <laughs> okay. And so I think I think Lenny Bruce yeah. is right there in that kind of legacy of just like people who went up on stage and Buddy entertained Holly. people. Yeah, and he he did it his way. Bob does it his way. Uh, you know which is a different way um and so i you know i almost don't you know i i i think that like the it's almost a coincidence that it that it occurs on this christian record you know, a <laughs> song about this dead jew you know um, it's funny though that yeah, could, which which is how ridden, the song begins right Lenny he could Bruce have written a song, <laughs>
3: In the Chronicles, other, the he other... talks about gorgeous George. Like, there's this really weird part where he talks about gorgeous George. <laughs> yeah, like the George, strong man. The exactly. Walks yeah. in, and he the it's one of the most remarkable parts of that whole book, and it's similar to this thing of Lenny Bruce, of like this moment of he must have been in a taxi with him, and it just left this huge impression. He was also in a fucking taxi or, a, or the back of a car with John Lennon as is documented, and <laughs> oh, eat right, the document. Uh-huh. Right. And then, but this moment with gorgeous George Where he says that he walked in he was like glowing with all his full regalia and it was like this thing of just seeing someone we've only known from pictures and that it seemed to him that as he was playing gorgeous George looked at him and said you're making it come alive. (laughs) <laughs> literally mouth those words and he said that gave me the confidence and strength for like a long time after it's all <laughs> it's, it's like,
0: all thanks to gorgeous george his the greatest is... legacy of pop music in the american <laughs> canon
3: and and the, also the moment of him seeing buddy holly play when he was uh, just a kid um seeing buddy holly like a few weeks or months before he died he died yeah. um and having this moment of uh, alleged eye contact with Buddy Holly. And these moments of these kind of like contact with certain kind of heroic figures to him seem to punctuate yeah. his life. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's, I think, uh, of a piece. Of, that's what Lenny Bruce is. It's one of those moments where he's uh-huh. honoring one of these like, these soul yeah. connections he, uh-huh. American
2: he, did that, entertaining he did that at archetype. every he did that at every show of the tour right the last tour where he said uh, <laughs> I don't this might be how we identify which show we were at in New York because I, I was at the show where he said "So that's just Stallone's from New yeah, York you were the yeah, Stallone yeah, one I okay one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the 21st I think, and so. he said he said uh, that Rambo Last Blood should have won an Oscar right,
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
2: I was only at the one where he shouted out
0: Melville unfortunately <laughs> Um, Not too bad. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Anyways, shot of love material. Yeah, insane stuff uh-huh. because there he is re-secularizing to some extent with some of this uh-huh. stuff, uh, but also uh-huh. like there are just some insane yes. like apocalyptic visions of the world, particularly the title track and Dead Man, Dead Man, and uh, Groom still waiting at the and Groom still Wedding at the altar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all of which are just uh-huh. like incredibly dense um, and like uh-huh. kind of edgy and and harsh. Yeah. Um, Like that—that feels like end times kind of music. The glamour and the bright lights and the politics Uh of sin. The ghetto that you build for me is the one you're living in. The race of the engine that overrules your heart. Ooh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. Pretending you're just so smart, dead man, Mm -hmm. dead man. Like you know, I don't really know what he's fucking talking about there, but he's clearly very angry about something. Yeah, (laughs) and it's it's interesting
1: too. I mean, to keep on shot of love as like a young conservative Christian. I adored every grain of sand. Oh. Oh yeah. You know, and, oh. and 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 you know, like sometimes I think when it comes to Bob and like his Christian era, you like certain questions come to mind like, well, like how sincere was it, right? Cuz we know Bob's a bit of a joker man <laughs> and uh, right like like kind of always fucking with people a little bit. But that kind of song totally passed the smell test for me as like right. a young Christian it's so the tenderness of it. Cause this is like every grain of sand. It's taken from like biblical imagery of like God, knowing counting every hair on our head, right? like knowing every grain of sand on the beach, like these intimate details about creaturely existence. Um, you know, uh, and so like, like in terms of favorite songs from this era, and even on this box set, the the live version of Every Grain of Sand from Florida in mm. in November eighty one is just like I because I it just was it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. But yeah. but but yeah. You know, so like, Shot of Love's interesting, precisely to me, precisely because it's where some of the songs that I felt most profoundly connected to as like a young religious person. Were there, but it's also the album with Lenny Bruce and like the kind of reorient himself a little bit towards you know what would yeah, come next. Well, I, yeah. I think
3: it's that he's re he's not abandoning Christianity, it's that no. he is. I don't think he actually ever really out did. of this. No, he didn't. I exactly. don't think either. And I think that we've we've talked about this before, but that it's what he's done is kind of I, I guess figured out a way to like integrate it into um. Uh-huh. Just into what he does and who he is. Yeah, he's not they...
0: exclusively doing Christian shit. He's just, this is a new flavor that he's blending uh-huh. into the overall kind of picture. And you yeah. even see that with the live sets, right? Like there's the two live sets on this um, This. This set this whole box set there's well, he's the,
3: closing every with evergreen of sand these days
0: oh well, yeah of course, uh-huh. uh you yeah. know, as we've uh covered uh you know one of his greatest uh-huh. yeah. uh songs ever but the 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 first live set here, right, the live in uh Toronto is a hundred percent christian shit and that's seventy nine yeah. or eighty I forget uh mm-hmm. and then the second one live in London Earl's court uh is eighty one and he's he's half and half he's doing he's doing the Christian yeah. shit, but he's also doing just absolutely like like yeah. burning hot versions of um, yes. uh, Rolling yeah. Rolling Stone and uh, yeah, that Maggie's Farm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's,
3: that's important to know is that the end of this box set includes a lot of those uh, familiar songs.
0: Mr. Tambourine Man, Tambourine Man. Yeah,
1: yeah. and what, which kind of like it's funny you mentioned like a Rolling Stone from London. That was something that, like, when Sam came over Saturday night and we were drinking bourbon, talking. I was like, I fucking love this, version of, like the Rolling Stone. And but it it kind of speaks to another aspect of this era, which is just how great it was. Like the band he had playing with him, mm-hmm. how great uh, it was Keltner musically. Is the God, Keltner. yeah, yeah. You know, Incredible. and so so it's kind of it, it kind of makes sense that even in this like uh, sensibly Christian era. Uh, towards the end of it, when he's mixing up a little more, when his set lists are are not exclusively Christian, but he has this amazing band. Like I, all those classics from the London set, I kind of think are amazing, mm-hmm. yeah. including yeah. like a Rolling Stone. Maybe most spectacularly, I like think a especially Stone, like but, a Rolling Stone. Yeah, but yeah. they all are kind of great.
4: Here's the
3: talked about that specifically before but um that like rolling stone in this context in this era uh-huh. you realize how paper thin the the separation is yes. from that to this religious fervor yeah, of right. talking about sin talking about like you're wasting your life if you're not living yep. in uh-huh. the lord like he is basically saying that without knowing that he's saying it unlike rolling stone and um, yeah saying, he has you're living your life frivolously you are throwing something away he has the same.
0: He has the same kind of insights uh, with, like, a Rolling Stone that he does on, like, Precious Angel, for instance. But like with the Christian shit at this point, he has like some, like some scaff, some theory, some scaffolding behind him that like allows him to explain, uh-huh. like, this is why I can, you know, talk shit on you <laughs> yeah. for being an asshole, uh-huh. basically. Which, which is not. We should
3: take some time to say. Not always a good look, Bob. No,
2: it's not always a good look. No, I know that's what's funny about it. Like, I mean, all the things that we're saying are true. It's also like the thing about the Christian idiom, or at least especially the kind of accusatory evangelical idiom, it still allows him to be like superior to somebody <laughs> that he's just like he loves shitting doing that. on. And he loves being like just Really angry at somebody. <laughs> um, yeah, it goes between for being not living up to his expectations. Totally
3: selfless, and then also uh, selfless in a way that's like um, just yeah. kind of like you don't even have it's telling other people they they don't have a self. Yeah. Yes. Well,
0: that's yeah, what yeah, it makes that's true. what makes a song like When He Returns so effective on the original record, uh, and where it like at the end of that record, it's just like it's stark. It's Bob. It's the piano. It's so quiet, yeah. and it's this really yeah. kind of um, generous kind of song uh lyrically totally. um and, and it and it hits so much harder coming on the end of this entire record where he's just like he's really fire and brimstone just like torching uh-huh. everyone around him personal uh-huh. relationships yeah. the world in general himself you know it's um yeah. it's a really uh it's a it's a really nice kind of um switch up you know in terms of yeah. uh uh the his, his focus and and sequencing um, we haven't talked too much about the saved material yet, which is kind of like right in between uh-huh. Shot of Love and um, yeah. uh, Slow Train. It's it's almost kind of the forgotten stepchild, I think, of these three. It is. Uh-huh. Um, although it has not been the forgotten stepchild on this podcast. Uh, Evan uh, once gave it a perfect three-star rating on the program. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh-huh. But uh you know it's, I mean some of the some of the songs on there like Pressing On is like Pressing On is incredible mm-hmm. one of my like top 10 like all time ever Bob songs It's such the, a totally the secular song. the Pressing religious on, shit like it's yeah. just like an all time yeah. like incredible The t- the well, Toronto version of that yeah. is also just Yes I, I was
1: going to ask Ian or Evan Sam, any of you which version you liked cuz Sam my favorite was the Toronto one because I just think the Toronto has like the manic energy and the, you know it, like knowing the context, listening to a lot of the Toronto stuff, I love uh, that version of Pressing On. Disc, yeah. disc six of the, the deluxe box disc set. Six, uh, disc six, so six of like nine. nine or something. I mean, we, if you were
3: expecting us to go really full on with this, yeah, like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. There's no way that uh-huh. we could actually <laughs> touch on everything. And that's
1: the, the great version too from I'm Not There. Like, that's kind of the song, right, that is highlighted yes. in the Christian Bale. Oh, you mean the one that, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, John, that Christian Bale sings. John Doe yeah, like, sings it, yeah, and Christian Bale performs it. And so Bale. so I guess, you know, I've I, like, it's always been especially associated with Bob's Christian phase for me because of that movie. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the version on it's the soundtrack is the amazing. It's amazing on the movie. Yeah. Bob's versions are all amazing, but the Toronto version, to me, has that kind of, I don't know. That, that that great band with them, that great atmosphere from the Toronto shows. And, yeah, there's a real sense that's of the version. drama in that. Yeah, version. that's the version it's, from it's the box an I, It's I a went deeply back dramatic
3: song. That that song, I mean, if we're going to end on talking about a song here because we've we've gone uh, quite long, I would say, but I uh, I think that yeah. this is a this is the best song to to send it off with about this era cuz it really encompasses everything about What's great about this period for for Dylan, and it also like hints at everything that will come after, right? And and it uh-huh. really does say something. It's it's religious, you know, the higher calling of my Lord. But it's the, what what that means is big enough that it can mean a lot of things.
0: Well, uh-huh. there's just such crystal clear kind of um, uh, imagery and like emotional kind of. Um... Uh, insight uh, and here's th- the same way that there is with um, uh, Grain of Sand many try to stop me try to shake up my mind they say prove to me that he's Lord show me a sign how can he give a sign for experience within when what's lost has been found what's to come has already been like that line gets me every single fucking time and that's different than it actually is on the record he switches it up in some of these live performances on this set but that that, that last couplet when he's lost when what's yeah. lost has been found what's to come has already been it's just always like Man, gets me. Yeah,
3: and yeah, this is totally. really just soul-nourishing music. Like I don't care who I don't care who you are. This is <laughs> this is yeah. just yeah. like if you uh-huh. come to this without like any idea about what you want from Bob Dylan, like you just watch this person on the stage with this band and these these backup singers singing this song about just moving forward through life through hardship and forging ahead with some kind of purpose that is uh-huh that's uh, in the yeah. truest and most profound sense good music yeah, <laughs> yeah
1: and i mean my personal favorite lyrics from pressing on are that shake the dust off your feet and don't look back yeah mm. well, don't which is a, a direct quote from the gospels Jesus' instruction to his disciples, don't and look as someone who heard that before, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as someone who recently quit his job, like I have to admit, uh, <laughs> "Don't look, uh, shake the dust off your feet and don't look back" was like that line was like echoing in my mind a lot lately.
2: Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I'm so glad you quit your job, Matt. That's I am that's, too. Everybody, that's, a round of applause for me. Bravo! Matthew. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what we are
0: working towards ourselves, so that we can uh, yeah. just uh, we make our make our livings talking Podcasting. to our friends <laughs> on the computer. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what I tell <laughs> it's everyone. It's like I have I have one coworker. It name is named Sam Adler Bell. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for better right. or worse, it could be worse. It could be worse. It, it could. It could be worse. It could, could be indeed. worse. But,
0: mm-hmm. Um. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so much for uh, hopping on with us. I mean, we didn't get to the bottom of this because it's literally Gosh, eight and a no. half hours long. But the, yeah. you know, there's in uh, spirit. Yeah, I have I think so think many more, so
1: many more songs to talk about. But I agree that pressing yeah. on is a, a great one to, to close out on. Yeah,
3: this version is so good. I have it in my right ear. It is, <laughs> my it is right so great. You <laughs> still can't figure out how to and get your headphones all, to play music. You
1: know, it's it's yeah. also a great song to close on because one of the youtube clips of dylan singing pressing on it's great he's like finishes the song and like is waving to the audience and you know like walking around the stage and then leaves it was like wow it's what he walked out from wow you know and it's like uh you know it's true of all great performers you gotta gotta leave the stage while the music's still playing yeah you
0: know yeah um on that note how Thank many stars do
3: we give uh, the Lord Jesus Christ? I agree, three I stars give, for me.
0: Yeah. Three stars for the Lord. Three stars out of what? for. Out of three. It's out a of three. three star oh, system. I, I definitely give Jesus Christ three. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
3: too. Yeah. God also three. And uh, the Holy Ghost also three. <laughs> <laughs> a whole a holy I, trinity of three stars. Yeah, I was going to
1: say, it'd be a little weird to be like God the Father 3.0. Jesus Christ, you put Holy Spirit, two and a half. Yeah, yeah what's that about? <laughs> Holy I've, I've Spirit, wondered.
2: yeah. Yeah, two and a half. Not um, feeling
1: it, not feeling it, two and a half. This worked
2: out oh, so nicely. Uh, just like Bob, um, Jesus, just really a great Jew who um, really told some truths, some hard truths. Mm-hmm. And so three stars yeah. for me, too. And was uh, betrayed by, uh, you know. The
0: um, The British. <laughs> yeah, let's go with the British. People who like gold. <laughs> yeah, I was going to go more in that direction. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Uh, any pl- Thank you. Uh, plug? Where, where can the folks follow? You? Our shit is way smaller than yours, but uh, just for the, the Bob freaks that listen to this, where can they follow along and listen to you guys? Uh, know Your Enemies, available.
1: Wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, you yeah. can follow us at well, Sam. What's our Twitter handle? At knowyourenemypod. or uh, yeah, at so, It's kind of
2: hard. It's like it's like Y R or something. But if you just oh. you find, you'll find it. Yeah,
0: we'll have links in the uh, the episode description. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all yeah, right. No,
2: it would be good if more of your listeners started listening to us so that they would encourage us to talk about Bob on the pod more because that's all we really want uh-huh. um, <laughs> to do Uh talk about all these conservative freaks instead <laughs> Well, we're, uh, we're glad that you are just as knowledgeable
0: about conservative recording artist Bob Dylan as you are about uh, you know, Bill Buckley <laughs> yeah. and uh, Friedrich yeah. Hayek Yeah. Um, Thanks guys, this was thank fun you. Yeah, Thank you, it was you. a lot of fun Thank you, uh, keep pressing on
3: Jokerman.
4: Messing on, on.